0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Apocalypticast. My name is Zachary Ballard. I am Josh Deme. I am Chris Vlamakis. And I'm Jonah Lavelle. We have a good one for you guys. Uh, we are reviewing *The Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of Black Pearl*. We figured uh, we did *Muppet Treasure Island* last week, and uh, we wanted to we wanted to go with the pirate theme uh, this month. And because uh, you know, Thanksgiving and the pilgrims were basically pirates <laughs> and took and pillaged the, the Native Americans land and stuff. So we, we figured without this help. was a good month to do it. So Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: without further well, there ado there is a little there is a little bit further ado. We do have a guest tonight. We do have a guest. Uh we have we have oh, Chloe yes. to me here.
2: Hi,
3: Oh, yeah. Chloe!
0: She got in because of nepotism, um, you
3: know. Uh, no, she's she really runs the fucking organization. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, just you're not, not like... wrong. <laughs> she's <laughs> the Somebody's head of the Ponzi Got to keep team. you guys
2: on track.
3: Yep. we, right. we might have a b roll one day of our meetings to to show to people out there, and then it'll be like, <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> it's a seven hour b roll, just so you know.
0: Hell yeah! All right, now <laughs> without further ado uh i can't speak tonight but this was a really good movie i was uh i only watched it when i was when i was a child and i didn't i didn't really like it because i was a child and and i thought it was boring but after watching as an adult and being being versed on the world of entertainment i really thoroughly enjoyed this movie
3: yeah, like obviously, this movie um, it spawned a whole franchise of Pirates of the Caribbean movies that's technically still lasting, but uh, but because of certain current events, may not be the quite the same. But um, it it also very much follows kind of like with what we said before, Muppet Treasure Island, and a whole lot of what you would consider good pirate movies. It it it's definitely a good like adventure film.
1: Yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah well and i i would also say that um curse of the black pearl is one of those adventure films that is um it's a little bit deeper than you would think there is an actual theme that's not just let's go on an adventure
3: oh yeah like well we could just jump right into theme and everything like that yeah that's what Um, i was thinking yeah 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 it's uh Oh man, yeah. There's there's a couple of things when I when I was rewatching the film because it's been several years since I have watched it too. Um, like there there there's a a couple of different themes, honestly. Like what what does it mean to be a like be a good person and can you be a good person while also being a pirate? Kind of like that sort of yeah. like morality. Um, like, all, all... Are
2: bad guys always bad? Is the yeah is like kinda how ca- I was putting it
3: because multiple times throughout the movie when they're talking about Will Turner's dad, Bootstrap Bill, he uh they everyone kept saying that he was a good man. Like he was a yeah, pirate. Yeah.
1: And and but, I think yeah. my favorite line regarding Bootstrap is either you can accept that your father was a pirate and a good man or you can't.
3: Yeah. Like that's a that's a that's a very interesting because it like it very much shows cuz like what a lot of places and obviously what their government would be saying to everyone is that every single pirate is a despicable murderous criminal yeah Uh, whereas a lot of them probably were people that just simply were down and out and couldn't find work anywhere else like (laughs) yeah
1: well i mean that's i as so we watched curse of the black pearl last night me and chloe and uh We've watched the other four today. Uh, we're we're right in the middle oh, really? <laughs> of Dead Men Tell No Tales. And we, we had to pause it so we could come and do this podcast. Um, and so, yeah, no, I've, I've been watching Pirates movies literally all day. It's the first weekend that I don't have any script writing or audiobook editing or auditions or anything that I've got going on. So I've just been lazy as crap. <laughs>
3: Okay, and so, yeah, so you have context throughout basically all the movies now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I did, while while we're talking about theme and stuff, I did, um, it, it kind of ties into costumes, and so we might double back on this later. Okay. Uh, but last night, as we were... Um, as we were watching the first movie, Chloe asked,
2: "I asked, what is the what is the purpose of the the hats? Like the the three the tricorn hat, the tricorn hat? Because all hats are made with some sort of usage or purpose. And I was like, what is their purpose? And so Josh started researching it.
4: Yeah,
1: and I uh, I, I did some research and I looked into it. And the tricorn hat actually comes from the Spaniards. Uh, the Spaniards had those big wide brim hats that would like." be floppy and all over the place
3: Uh uh-huh um
1: and as their navy was sailing they were trying to figure out a way to keep that status symbol of the hat but get the floppiness out of the way so that they could hear better they could see better and they started pinning up the brim of the hat and if you had your hat pinned up you were a respectable sailor you were somebody who could go out, and and the Spaniards oh, could yeah, trust I, that you would. I never do knew that. Yeah,
3: that those um, are def- that's definitely questions that a, a well, lot of people, including myself, never ask. Is like why? Yeah. Why did their hats look like this? But yeah, so respectable people
1: had the tricorn, right? And when we're looking at like theme, can a pirate be a good man? There's only one pirate consistently shown with a tricorn hat in that entire movie. Yeah. And it is Jack Sparrow.
3: Yeah, Barbosa,
1: Barbosa has
2: has the wide rim Barbosa yeah.
1: has the big wide brimmed hat. Although But this is something that like if we wanted to do the other movies we could delve into. Uh as each movie goes on, Barbosa's hat becomes his hatch, more and more yeah. pinned up.
3: That's oh, wow. what I was just yeah. gonna say. I'm going to... I was planning because I'm in a pirate mood now. I was planning <laughs> on rewatching those movies as well. But I'm pretty I'm actually far more familiar with the those movies than i uh the middle like three movies than i am at the first and the latest one
4: yeah
3: um mainly just because of how recently i've watched them but that that is a pretty interesting thing that's like it very much shows like they're like with the theme and a little bit characterization with costuming and everything like that about like going with that like who is who is quote unquote good because like Jack Sparrow is selfish throughout the entire movie, obviously, and yeah. very much ninety percent of his plans are him trying to go for him not dying, him being released, him getting the pearl back. Oh, yeah, all he's that an sort anti-hero. Of stuff. Yeah, he is an antihero. He does like he doesn't want harm to be brought upon like like anyway. Will. Like like when he tells Will like just stay here and don't do anything stupid, and then Will fucking cracks him over the head with the oar. It's like yeah will will is being his own like antagonist in that sort of scenario yeah well and you (laughs) also
1: watch will like um at the beginning when he's the blacksmith and just a blacksmith he's got a tricorn hat and then by the end of the movie he's got one of those big musketeer hats yeah yeah
3: i i that's only pinned up on the one side yeah we Um, could talk uh, let's mention that more in uh, the costumes before we move
2: on from jack real fast and jack's personality and yes he is selfish but yes he cares um i would also like to mention that at one point in the movie elizabeth mentions that he took down an entire you know like raided an entire town took down entire ships without firing a shot yeah like he avoids violence he causes chaos (laughs) <laughs> but he does not actually want to He's
3: see yeah, people. he's I'm not sure if there's there's like a name of that type of character, but it's the type of character who is very good at fighting but uses it to like to get out of get, trouble. Yeah, to get out of fighting, but because everyone fucking hates their guts, they the town basically destroys itself trying to get to them. Yeah. And and he does do that. Yeah.
0: I wanted to uh, I wanted to say something i i really i really enjoyed like the the ending line where um her dad basically says pirates he itself can be the right course and yeah. and it, it just it just made me think of like um like we've all grown up in utah and we've all like like pirates were persecuted and i looked it up because I, I was wondering if they're in the caribbean would would these pirates be be white and I looked it up, and they were like English, like they were like English and European sailors who just like yeah. got shipwrecked and just needed to get food and stuff, and so like they just became pirates. But um, yeah. I, I think it's I think it ties really well into if you don't fit the norm, then you're excluded and you're automatically bad. But that doesn't like. And I I wrote down, your circumstances don't make you good or bad, your actions do.
3: Yeah, and, like, I kind of like um, how they didn't paint what the norm and, like, the, like, Elizabeth's life, she obviously wasn't very happy in that life. And, like... Like, her father, like, I don't think was painted in a negative light, really, at all, except for the fact that, like, she, he was really pushing for her to marry this man, who I had completely forgotten, is like, years older than her. Um, it, there's because- actually, a timeline?
4: Actually he's, he's eight not. years older than her.
3: He's eight years older? Okay, yeah, that's not old. the craziest, but, like, no. when when you see that opening scene, and he's, like, still, he's, like, at least a young adult, and she's a kid (laughs) like it looks like he's
1: 12 there and he's 20 and that that that
3: threw me for a loop i was like holy crap he's like that much older
2: i used to feel like it was so gross like as a kid watching this movie i'm like that is absolutely disgusting i don't think it's gross as an adult i'm like that was so normal for the time it
3: it was normal and like looking at that eight years honestly was a little out uh, yeah like he could have been twenty years older and like all that, but obviously it was just like her her life and her living under the norm made it so like yeah she has uh, she lives a cushy life but she's being pushed to marry a man that she doesn't really love. She, so
2: that he can raise in status.
3: Yeah, so he can raise his that I mean, I kind of think he he genuinely has feelings for her. Like, I I think he does. But I think Um,
2: it's also... Yeah, he's marrying the governor's daughter. But also marrying her would raise his status. That is true.
3: Yeah, it is a duality, I believe, within that. I, I um, I
1: I think it shows that he has those feelings for her when he says to Will, don't think that you're the only man who loves Elizabeth.
3: Yeah, it shows it there. And then also at the very end where he's just like, I i hope the man, like when he tells that he knows that will made the sword like he says uh he's like i hope the man who takes as much like something like takes as much care in in his With craftsmanship the rest of his life, he, the, yeah
2: the care he puts into the sword he should put that care into the rest
3: yeah of his life yeah yeah like that. that uh and that that very much shows is just like he better like it's kind of one of those uh kind threats almost like a a fatherly, like, kind of threat to like a, like, a kid take dating. Yeah, you better take care of her. Older brother. Yeah, take care of her, or I'll fucking gut you. Like, yeah. like... <laughs> okay, um, let's let's go on. Um, what do you guys want to cover next?
1: I kind of want to uh, talk about story. Should... story. Story, story okay. is a good a good next
0: step. What do you got, Zach? A um, so, <laughs> I really, I enjoyed the story. but... But there were, there were a few moments where I was, like, asking questions. I was like, wait, why, like, what, why was um, Will in the ocean? And, like, why was, um, and then they were, like, answered later on in the movie, but, like, they had a lot of locked boxes, but they didn't let you know that there were locked boxes. And so there were just moments in the story where it kind of, I was kind of confused as to what was going on, because uh, a See, lot of... I've... Yeah.
2: I feel like at the times when they give you a little piece of information, we're brilliant. Like, you don't know what's going on, but then they give you a piece of the puzzle, and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then it, you, know, you get yeah. to put a little piece together on your own. And then a few minutes later, they'll give you another piece of information. Like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And I actually loved that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm it i hate the idea of like storytelling has to fit within a certain structure and if you're not doing it this way it's not good storytelling because i think if you're getting your information across in a way that keeps the audience thinking critically throughout the entire story regardless of whether it's giving them all the information up front so that they're aware of everything that's going to happen and then watching all of these dominoes topple or Giving them the dominoes toppling and then piecemeal feeding the information that set up those dominoes. Um, Yeah. If if it works for the story, then that's what it needs to be. And this is a story where it's it's very character driven. Every single moment in this story is driven by Will, Elizabeth, and um, Jack, and their exact character beats. Um, I would also
3: argue throw Barbosa into that because like he he's yeah yeah. I think Barbosa's. Oh, sorry, Jenna.
5: Oh, I was just saying you're also seeing that with um, uh, Commodore Norrington and, and those yeah, people yeah, yeah. too. You're also yeah. seeing their drive um, for this I think as well.
1: In, in this first movie, you do see... I mean, it, it's driven by every single character that comes on screen. Uh, but the, the three main characters I think that they focus on throughout the whole movie is that triangle that yeah. Will, Elizabeth, and Jack... And you, you get a little bit of, of a Barbosa here, but you get so much more of Barbosa come like the third movie. Oh yeah. The yeah. Third
3: the third movie when he makes his his return and he's like sort yeah. of filling the pseudo Jack role for a little while until in the they movie. get Jack back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, so like the the way that the information is given in the story fits with the way that the story's being told because just as you're starting to question something about a character they kind of feed you a little bit of that information that you're wanting to keep you hooked on that character yeah. and why they're doing the things they're doing and why uh they're in the places that they're in.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I really I...
2: love how jo- I, cause I've watched this, the first movie a million times, but I always like, as a kid, I had so many questions about it and it didn't make sense. Certain things didn't make sense. And so going into watching this again, I had a lot of questions and I was asking Josh like, but but when did this happen? What does this happen? But I had a lot of fun actually paying attention to the little clues they're giving and piecing together the timeline because just based off of the first movie, not incorporating any of the other movies, you can set an almost exact timeline from when Barbosa took control of the black pearl from Jack all the way up until when Jack or when Will was found floating in the ocean. Yeah. How much time has passed. Like you can set up an you're exact right. you're, timeline.
3: Yeah, you're right. It piece it throughout the whole movie. It pieces it together where it talks about how he was betrayed. They get okay. to the island. They throw Bootstrap off the ship. Then they start distributing the gold and getting cursed. You know. And a question that I had: Did like he shipped the gold piece off to Will? Does that mean he was cursed yes. when he was strapped and thrown? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah Yeah. Oh, Uh, you don't, you don't find,
1: I mean, you can infer that in this movie, but they don't concrete say that in this movie. Yeah. I in Dead Man's Chest, when Will finally meets his dad again, he does say...
4: Yeah, I remember uh, now.
1: You know, I I sent it to you, and then they threw me overboard, and I was, I couldn't die, and the weight of the ocean was crushing down upon me, and so I begged for release. What, that's,
3: that's a crazy, like, bootstrap Bill
0: Turner's life is fucking... He was, like, so Will was shipped off, but then Will was in a shipwreck?
2: No, Will Will yeah. was living with his Will mother. Will was living in
0: England with his mother. And he yeah.
2: and Bootstrap sent him the gold piece. And then yeah, after t- that, Will went to sea to search for his father.
1: And that's when he was on the ship and yeah. got attacked by pirates because yeah, they could th- sense the gold.
3: Yeah, but because he didn't fully fall into the water, the co- they couldn't 100% sense where the coin was yeah so it, it could that...
2: quite signal strong enough to yeah
3: be. and then having to deal with like a navy ship and everything they probably didn't want to at that time because that was still early on in their curse so they may still have like some of that they were
2: unsure uh... on exactly yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, they'd
1: be- only been cursed there for two years two years tops. yeah
3: and then they like at that point probably weren't so reckless when it came to fighting because they didn't they probably still had that like stopping point in their brain that like that
5: fear of maybe this isn't you know yeah we're, we're still of us where it's like scared. when
3: you see them at the end of the movie and they're fighting on the the navy ship they just are like they don't give a shit they're like going on there these guys yeah, they're, they don't uh, yeah because they
1: realize that they're alive again and, and then, then they, they drop
3: their weapons they're that so
4: scared.
3: Th- that is a great point i i don't i don't necessarily like i think part of it is that they're I, I think the majority of the reason why they dropped their weapons at the end, and this is a great story beat, is that they are so relieved because every single moment, every single time one of those pirates mentions the curse and talks about the curse, it they make it feel like it's a living hell for them. Oh, it is. And, I mean, and,
1: they can't they can't eat. Food turns to ash in their mouth. They if can't they die. Drink, it just Women
2: don't give them evaporates. pleasure. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like they, and, they
2: have no joys.
3: And so... When that happens, that would almost be like a sense of relief to be like, I don't even care if you're going to hang me tomorrow. I can yeah. feel again, like that sort of thing. Because, w- w- like when Barbosa dies, um, and he's like, he does the whole, I feel cold, cold. and it's like he, it's like a happy sad because
2: yeah. I'm so excited to be able to feel, to
3: feel again. But then it's immediately taken away from him again because he's dead. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess that that's correct. Like I, I, it just like, when I don't know things that people are talking about, it just frustrates me, uh, in general. So, um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, no, I understand that feeling and And it's like,
3: and I can see where you're coming from, mm
0: -hmm. but like it, it's, it's almost like I had the thought that it was a, it's like going on a treasure hunt that you get little hints and pieces uh like pirates do so i think that's that's actually a really
5: good way to look at it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah yeah
5: um i hadn't i hadn't watched this for ages and ages i i watched it probably three or four years ago and coming back to rewatch this um i really enjoyed this story and felt really engaged throughout the whole entire thing um so I, one hundred percent say that, you know, it's it's like that treasure hunt. They're giving you these little pieces um, mm-hmm. to put together, and and when I rewatched it, it was just. Um, Exciting. A, I can't. <laughs> it was really, really engaging for me, and I enjoyed it even more because I paid more attention to it this time um and really tried to to focus yeah. on stuff this time definitely instead of just you know watching it with my um siblings and just kind of oh yeah like, this is a cool yeah. movie but really try to get into the story um I, I, and, honestly and... with with all of the
3: movies we have reviewed so far like I kind of feel the same thing like I like critically analyzing some of these movies, obviously, like I, I've never done before. So, like it makes it it makes it a different watch. Yeah. yeah,
5: and I'm I'm not sure if it's because the last time I saw this, I was like fifteen. So mm. That's I'm a not sure if, yeah. if if it's if now I'm watching movies a different way because I'm an adult now and and I look at stuff. Differently or whatever, but this wasn't just for me if a a now a fun movie to watch to be entertained You know it w- I was watching it and there was stuff that I didn't even realize Was going on that mm-hmm. when I rewatched it this time I was like clicking and I was like, oh, I never noticed that Um In the and throughout the whole entire series Because um, when my sisters were up here um, We watched everything we watched all of the pirate movies Um, and I was picking up on all these, all these subtle things that I wasn't realizing, like things that aren't quite like, oh, you know, that's, you know, that's so obvious. I, I know that, but it was just like tiny little story things, um, that they put in there that reference to another film. Um, and so it was pretty cool. And then I don't know if you guys, um, saw the if you saw this it's a it's a short film it's about eight minutes long but it is it happens before curse of the black pearl um and disney put out it's called wedlocked um you can probably find it on youtube because i showed it to my sister when she was up here and we found it on there but basically it shows the it shows what happens the reason why those two girls Walk up to him and Tortuga and slap him in the face.
3: It oh, shows awesome.
5: why. That's why that's they pretty cool,
3: it. yeah. Um, well, I mean,
5: and then it also shows why his ship is sinking in the first scene. Um, that's cool. So it was pre- it was pretty funny to watch the movie and and something that I was That's such a a funny moment. You know, these ha- he's getting slapped in the face and his ship completely sinks and he just steps right off the top of the mast onto the dock to to watch that and then go back and and watch this short film and then put that together makes the joke even more funnier um yeah
1: well and later and i mean when you think about it like the whole reason that they have that first girl slap him scarlet is her name by the way is in the ride that this whole movie is based on there's a scene where they're selling whores in the, in the town square. And they fight
2: over the redhead. And they
1: fight over the redhead.
2: I want the redhead! <laughs> that's the...
1: Yeah. That's literally, not literally
4: there
2: anymore. that's... They did yeah. take that out of the ride, and it's now different. But originally, that's what it was.
1: I mean, she's still there. She's just not being pulled off. Yeah.
2: That's, cool. that's we'll, cool. We'll have to watch I'm gonna it. I'm going to have
0: to go watch it as soon as I finish Dead Men Tell No Tales. All right. Well, we just spoke about uh about how the story is character driven. Uh let's talk about acting and character.
2: A+. Plus.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um obviously you have to you have to look at J- uh Johnny Depp's portrayal of of Captain Jack Sparrow and and Captain Jack Sparrow is um specifically in this movie is 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 of very charismatic, not smart character. Yeah. No, but he, <laughs> but is, he is smart. He's the greatest pirate. Well, you've okay, ever seen. he he's smart when it comes to combat, and he's smart when it comes to talking to uh, talking to people and he's and really, tricking people.
2: He's really good at getting out of sticky situations mm-hmm. on the fly.
3: Well,
1: and, and like he's yeah.
2: really good at improvising,
1: distracting people while he's setting up his escape like right yeah he he, he talks so he constantly. has a very
3: a very if you watch narrow him while knowledge he's
1: talking if you watch him while he's talking every movement he makes is to set up for an escape and it's almost like watching him talk is like watching those scenes from the robert downey Jr. juniors uh sherlock holmes movies where yes. you watch him break down exactly what's going to happen you're just watching johnny depp bullshit his way across the screen while slightly <laughs> moving things
4: yeah
2: and, and you don't then, notice that's you, what he's doing. You don't and really doing. notice
1: what's going on until he starts like actually triggering the escape, and then people are like tripping over furniture, and like gold pieces are going everywhere. With like, if you'd been paying attention, you'd know that these things would happen.
3: Yeah, you're you're right. So he he's he's smart in that area. He's very well knowledgeable, and he's very servant. well experienced in that in that in that field because he's been yeah. doing that his entire life. But like, obviously, like the, I don't know. It just like it, he's more charismatic than a genius. That's that oh, was yeah. the point oh, I was yeah. trying to That's get right. across. Oh, yeah. And he he is played like like what you were just saying, everything you just said, on top of being odd, um, yeah. just being odd. And they and it's almost fourth wally break. Uh, like breaking when they mention it a few times in the film. Where, like, when he's, when he's talking to um, the first mate.
1: Gibbs?
3: Yes. And he's just like, oh, yes, that explains the... And he just does the whole... Like, he does... I feel like it's Orlando Bloom just doing an impression of, of Johnny Depp in that situation. Oh, yeah. But it's... uh, And he's like, no, that doesn't explain it. <laughs> he was like that before. Oh, my, one of my... I wrote this note down. One of my favorite things... Um, it was a scene. I think it was when they were first on the boat with the whole crew, and he, he, Jack Sparrow's just kind of looking around, and he and he looks up in the air, and uh, like he says a line, and then walks off, and it does a scene cut. But right before the scene cut, uh, uh, Will and uh, Tib no Gibbs. Gibbs 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 look up in the same way uh, in the same way, like being like, "What the fuck is he? Was he looking yeah! at like?" <laughs> <laughs> like And so it's little things like that that make it so, like... um, Because, like, I feel like people in real life do a whole lot of those things. And as you go down with each character, it's just, like, obviously... Like, you look at... At... At Will Will Turner and everything like that. He... uh, He's very... uh, Like, they each have their own almost different parts of the world where you can tell these people come from. Like, Will was raised for the last handful of years adjacent to upper, upper society yeah, I mean, and being a blacksmith a and blacksmith
1: everything who needs.
3: Yeah. He was raised adjacent to society while wanting and pining, obviously falling a uh, being in love for, for years with Elizabeth and Elizabeth mm-hmm. pro- having some of those same feelings for him, but also wanting, wanting the mysterious and the chaotic nature of like piracy. But yeah. being being within that, and then Jack rolls in, and he's just like literally, he rolls, he fucking hops in because he's on top of a fucking sinking boat, and one of the best character introductions I want to say. Oh like, yeah, it
2: perfectly embodies. Like it shows him be, it shows
3: him being majestic and epic. Then it does a slight zoom out. He's on a tiny boat, sinking and ships. it's sinking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like... Well, and then he immediately, like, when he realizes that him shoveling water out isn't going to actually fix anything, he just goes back to standing on the mast and then walks off the mast <laughs> to onto make it the seem dock. like he
3: planned it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. But all the three big characters all do a very good job. I I, I feel in showing showing their characters and like I think. Jack shows like the least character growth because I think he's pretty, like you know Jack from like from the first handful of scenes of what he is, and he kind of sticks yeah. to that throughout yeah, the entire movie. Really with, but with his influence, like it makes it so that Will is able to come out and say he loves uh, loves Elizabeth, embraces his swordsmanship, and and the fact that obviously he seems like he was destined to become a pirate. Yeah. And also makes it so Elizabeth is able to take more plunges, like li- like literally breaking out, escaping from her father, talking to pirates, and then par- participating in a fight against pirates themselves too.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. I I wanted to say that like you loved every single character, like the antagonist and the protagonist, and they were all like. Oh yeah. We- oh, I was about to oh, talk like-
3: about like Barbosa and his whole crew. It's They're just like. Awesome. Well, like, obviously it's like my, like, there's the two guys, I forget their actual names, but Righetti. yes, who are like the main pirates. Cause you see most screen time of them. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and...
1: they're like, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the comedic relief in, in a comedy adventure
0: movie.
3: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They made every character, character likable. Yeah. I agree with you, Zach. It's, uh, it.
0: it I wanted to say that like uh you were rooting for all three sides. Like you wanted all oh, yeah, three sides to yeah. get what they want. There
3: was a point where I'm like, "Man, I feel so f- bad for Barbosa and his crew because like sure they're assholes, sure they're mutineers and everything like that, but who would you wish truly wish that upon?" Like Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, can't even,
1: you can't even get mad at Barbosa for doing the things that he's doing because he really is just trying to make Not just his life, but
3: his crew's life livable again. So it's so personable when he when he's like coming up and he's like, you know, the first thing I think I'm going to do, eat a bushel of apples, and I'm like, holy crap! Just thinking about how he can't even take that at the moment, like he can't enjoy apple and he's carrying around an apple for like the last third of the movie waiting for his curse to fucking go away so he can prop immediately take bite out of that apple. <laughs> he has an
1: apple on his person from the moment he first offers it to Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, cuz he dies yeah, with yeah. it and it rolls out of his hand when he it's dies. It's
3: true. Yeah, it's like half the movie he has the apple then. Yeah. Um
4: he also has a full of apples in his You can even offers. see
1: it sitting in uh, his in his chest area of his jacket. When she runs out of the captain's quarters after he offers, oh really? And he comes up and he goes, "You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner.
4: You're in (laughs) one."
1: Which is my favorite line of the entire fucking movie. That is,
3: it encapsulates
1: the 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 entire movie.
3: Yeah, that shifts when you when you like, because you had kind of an eerie like these something is going on with these guys anyway. And it didn't 100 yeah. percent reveal it until that moment. That's the big reveal of the movie to say, hey, we're fucking cursed. This is the curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: that was such a cool scene, too. Um, it is right. And I want to I want to talk about the skeletons. We can move right into CGI. I was yeah. going to suggest. Oh, yeah, that as yeah well. I
5: want to talk about this, too. I loved,
0: like, the skeletons, they they fit their time, but they were good for their time that, like, that this movie came yeah, out. Yeah, I, I still think that, I, well.
3: I, I still think they held up mostly, but obviously, like, there were a, a few scenes where, like, there was, when there was, like, a lot of movement and stuff like that, you kind of could be like, yeah, eh. The time <laughs>
1: that it gets kind of sketchy for me, not with any of the pirates who are skeletons throughout the entire movie, but when Jack is a skeleton
3: yeah that's
1: that's what i was and his eyes i don't know what it is but every time they look off yeah every time somebody tries to do johnny depp's eyes in cgi in these five movies it just doesn't look
3: good (laughs) they can't he has one of those those features that you can't replicate
0: (laughs) i wish they didn't i wish they didn't put the eyes in the skeletons I wish the eyes were were out of the skeletons and w-
2: just eye cavities.
1: Yeah, well, like, well, I mean, in in some of them there there are even ones that have eyes, not just like Rigetti, who only has one eye. Um, but like, as they're you know hitting moonlight, some of them look like they are just skeleton, like yeah. they're not fully. I'm, I'm not sure what the
3: choice is on that, but like to me, I honestly I'm more I think a like a skeleton with eyeballs is creepier than a skeleton without. yeah yeah Yeah. just just to give it a more of like it gives it more of an undead feel than just a skeleton feel if that makes any sense yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i mean they they seem more like zombies yeah Um, i think disney did something really smart with uh the way that the curse works they made it so that they're only skeletons in the moonlight yeah. Which means that they only have to render out that CGI in darkness.
3: Uh, yeah. Which helps
1: which I think is one of the reasons yeah. why that CGI still holds up because the CGI that you can see looks really fucking good, but a lot of stuff that normally would be a little bit harder, even still today, to produce is covered in shadow and, and darkness because it doesn't have to be in broad daylight.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And
5: it, I will. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, you go ahead, Jonah. Oh, I was just gonna say that for the most part, um, the the rendering was fairly easy for them to do with with the skeletons because they are all there, except for except for in a few scenes, minus the big fight scene in the cave. They are all like indirect moonlight except for when like Barbosa walks out into the moonlight um, and some things like that so it's pretty easy to just to have just gotten a, a clean plate and animated these skeletons and rendered it out um in the in the one instance when he takes the wine and he drinks it and it just pours through him oh yeah um that part looked you know you can tell with the the moonlight reflection that they had in the on the liquid and stuff um stood out to me as that is yeah you know that was bad
0: Oh I but, I loved it well like it was
5: Oh no no it's it's a great effect and everything and and but the you can tell that it is obviously you can tell that that CGI but it it looked really it
1: looked computer... like CGI it didn't look like you know actual emulating real life <laughs> Yeah, but um, I think
3: I, like again, like you said, like er, two thousand three, right? Yeah, two thousand three. Yeah, early two thousands, dark eight, like the dark times I like to call well, of okay. CGI, where compare it was. It, just...
1: Compare it to a movie who came out two years later, that I will trash on the CGI from this movie until the day I die. What, what movie? Revenge the of the Sick.
3: Oh yeah, you're right. No, Scorpion
1: King came out.
3: (laughs) Don't uh, talk about that for
1: a year earlier or two years earlier. It came out in like 2001. Yeah, like here's Um, Scorpion King is not good CGI either. Uh, No, but but Revenge of the Sith, everything in it looks like CGI.
4: Every scene well, that was the CGI whole prequel,
1: tr-
3: like, that. the oh, late yeah. 90s, from, like, 97 to about probably 2007, 2008, maybe even 2010, mm-hmm. like, like, I call that, like, the dark age of CGIs because every movie studio wanted to insert and use CGI as much as possible, because the technology, yeah. every every few months was jumping, like, like yeah. leaps and strides. Yeah, well, and but, you, you but can they, see
1: it here, because... You know that, that Disney money yeah. uh, came in for pirates, and that CGI looks like stuff that really, honestly, wasn't mainstream until 2010.
3: Yeah, almost like yeah, seven years later, almost a decade later. Because like, like I, I think,
1: I think putting putting this CGI up against a lot of the smaller effects in Avatar. This would hold up better than Avatar's CGI.
5: Well, just before we get on to another topic, um, I just want to say this the the most impressive part of all of the CGI is when they get into the cave and they start fighting.
1: Yeah, and it's because, back and forth.
5: Yeah, that is is Yeah.
3: Really I, seamless. Yeah, I love like i love the scene like i'm going to incorporate with that scene because it's technically like when the whole sequence like that fight uh, combined with the pirates walking on the floor c4 oh, I um love that. but like i never noticed before and i guess maybe it's because like it's ingrained in your brain by this time that that's how the curse works but like the pirates that are underneath the shadow of the ship and the ropes you their parts that are underneath the shadow turn back into human yep
4: yeah. yep and no i, I, I never time too
3: yeah i never i didn't remember that and i i don't think i've ever noticed that before cuz i think it was just like subconsciously my brain was turned off to that fact but looking at that i'm like wh- like that's that's neat like you like seeing yeah. that and like
0: yeah also that um, the underwater oh, sorry, scenes Mike were brilliant i loved the underwater scenes No, i'm pretty sure i i don't know if if the one where jack and uh will are underneath the canoe is cgi but the um, one where is... the skeletons are walking under is definitely cgi
1: yeah yeah no um... zach they actually had skeletons walk underneath a ship
3: yeah, yeah Zach, with, with that Disney that? money, they fucking have been resurrecting people for years. Come yeah. on.
4: <laughs>
0: and the explosions were great. Um, love the explosions. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, I don't know why this is a detail that I like uh, so much, but uh, like, especially the fact when the when the Pearl attacks the port at first, and you hear the cannon f- shot first. And then like the Commodore throws the governor down and then you hear the cannonball hit, like with, with yeah. like that delay. I, I love that. Cause a lot of times you hear that and it's almost an instantaneous, like you hear the explosion and it hits. Yeah. We're
1: actually, so we could, we could look just within this franchise and see times where, you know, this first movie, they're really good about making sure that those cannons sound off. And then the, the cannonball has time to travel through the air and and then the the cannonball hits and a lot of times they're actually like focusing on that cannonball or the caltrops. Yeah. Um, and so you're watching it and then you're hearing it as it's hitting things. In I don't know if it was the second or the third one, uh but there's a couple of fight scenes between ships where you're just hearing things and then immediately watching explosions. Oh,
3: that's unfortunate. And it's, well, it's
1: not like, it didn't bring me out of the movie, like, I still really enjoyed the movie, but it just, they could have done that in is, the, Bla- yeah. the Curse of the Black Pearl as well, but they didn't, they they went that extra step.
3: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't think, they definitely didn't expect it to, like, in terms of money, like, that was a lower budget film, and, like,
4: yeah,
1: um, they, I, I'm not so sure, hold on, let me look.
3: I well, I mean, I don't like if you look at it. They definitely didn't expect it to turn into a franchise. No, like,
1: that first movie. I mean, there's ties. Um, I mean, yes,
3: there there are ties. Like obviously with Jack's compass, and it's yeah. like here he's going off in an adventure. But it's like it's one of those open end things where it's like it's open ended, but not really open ended at the same time. Oh, I don't um, know if I'd
1: call this a low but a lower budget <laughs> movie, even by like Disney standards, uh, at the time. This would have been a blockbuster. Uh this is 140 million is what they spent on it.
3: Oh, I always was under the impression they spent like like 60 in the 60 well, million. But yeah.
5: Well, yeah, because our our film that we did Killing for a Penny was was whole budget we million had, dollars and yeah, I still haven't yeah, gotten sure. paid for it, bro. Back on track. That anyways, I was just I, blown away and impressed at the seamlessness of that because they if if you watch behind the scenes all of that all of the action that was done was by characters in costume the 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 pirates going through the um the the moonlight was mm-hmm. actually Jack and Barbosa and their stunt doubles doing that stuff so then yeah. you give that to an editor what he's got to do is create the 3D model, and then he's got to track the shot, put the 3D model in there, and they didn't have tracking suits on uh, like they did later on in for uh, Davy Jones. So yeah. then he's got to match all of that and animate that to fit. Yeah. And it happened so fast and it's so seamless that I was just like, my gosh, I would hate to have done this job.
1: Yeah, well, because... I, and like they, they don't have tracking suits on, but, um, you know, as, as I'm learning more about editing and specifically doing effects like this, I'm learning that, you know, you don't need a, a tracking suit to do good tracking. You just need a couple of really good standout points on the person that you can pull from so that you can keep tracking that throughout. And so they were lucky in the fact that they were working with pirates that have yeah. dangly bits all over from like yeah. all the treasure and and accolades that they've put on themselves and so they have a lot of places to track from.
5: Well, Yeah, let me let me rephrase that. Um they did not have motion tracking. So yeah. all of the animation of the skeleton was done by hand and not the motion tracking um that they would have done later on um for David Jones and that type of thing. So that yeah, no, that I'm, would be I'm, I'm right. not
1: I'm not saying that like that 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 didn't happen but what i'm saying is with the software that was even available then as long as you have a point that you can track onto within that software you don't need a tracking suit per se it was just easier to do and so it
5: became more common yeah and then the painting out too yeah that would have been difficult um because i don't they they would have obviously had the clean plates because you have to get it clean plate mm-hmm. to do that wait wait wait! Um,
3: pirates don't fucking paint what the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs>
5: <laughs> but here's here's one thing is if they matched everything perfectly then because it happened so fast what could have happened is if they match the movement you know frame by frame then they could have just overlaid that skeleton over top of that actor and not necessarily have to paint out the actor entirely. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can see in some of the shots, you can see through that act, you know, see through to the background and stuff. But when they're fighting and the camera's flying all over the place and and you're, you know, cutting back and forth and, and you're seeing them kind of do this, really really i i thought really brilliantly choreographed fight um
3: oh, yeah. yes definitely
5: then it 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 just was it was amazing to me because when I first watched it, I was just getting into to doing special effects and I was still editing movies together on uh windows uh movie maker Um coming back to watching this film after I've been through the um The hardships of trying to track in a flame to a lighter that does not have a flame or trying to paint stuff out or, you know, Mm -hmm. I was I was it it was just really like I didn't look at it as a movie anymore. I was like, this is like a a really great piece of art. You know, this is a really cool piece of artwork is how I looked at it because of how, how brilliantly everything came together in that last scene.
1: I think we've, we've talked about a couple of things that kind of bring me um, to, I think we should move into cinematography. Okay. Um, and I've, I've got one massive point in the cinematography that really just like stood out to me. Okay. Every time they do a close-up of Johnny Depp's hands, he is doing something that specifically drives uh, a story point forward with his hand. And it's not just like, You know, because sometimes in movies you'll see, like, a close-up so that they can zoom out to show, like, exactly who's there. Uh, But Captain Jack has, like, such definitive style um, that the second you see his hands, you know they're his. And there's a moment when he's in the jail in Port Royal, and all all of the attack is going on. And there's Moonlight coming in and hitting the ground, and he's reaching for the bone. And his hand goes into the moonlight and nothing happens, right? So you immediately, if you know what, what moonlight is in this movie, which at this point you shouldn't, you, you can tell Jack's just a normal person. Uh, But then like not even three seconds later, two, two pirates come in and they're talking to Jack and they step into the moonlight and you can see that they're not human.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And it's um, also and then,
5: fore, foreshadowing.
1: It, it is foreshadowing. Because he um, reaches for
5: the bone, and it's, you know... Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's it's like... Oh, I've been reaching for the bone
5: all day, am
1: I right, boys? Well, and then, the, the last time they zoom in on his hand... <laughs>
4: the,
1: the last time they zoom in on his hand, you see him reaching into Cortez's chest and picking up four pieces of gold... And then it cuts to Barbosa, and then it comes back to his hand, and he's counting, and he drops three pieces of gold, and then you watch and you see as him he do pa- the... he palms the, th- the yep, four pieces of gold,
5: push it into uh, uh palm. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty cool.
1: That's way cool. And so, I didn't notice that. Yeah, just like the, the the forethought that went into every single shot, even even shots of just an actor's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, is used often, but just it it felt so subtle every time his hands are on screen. If you're not paying attention, if you don't know the story beats that are coming up, you might miss these moments.
0: I I want to talk about how the lighting felt like it was in the time period. Like, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes in different movies, um, the lighting doesn't feel... Quite right, but the lighting definitely like with I I specifically remember the um scene where she's talking about not wanting to marry him, and uh, there's the candlelight, and I just thought I just thought it was really cool. The candlelight
1: and then the light from the fire where they're heating up the coals. Yeah, under it, her. there
3: was a lot. Of, there was a lot of natural lighting, and, I, and I'll throw like firelight into being natural lighting and everything in there yeah. too. Yeah. And, and obviously that, like we keep hitting on, that's a very important aspect of this movie is light. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moon, moonlight specifically, but like th- that is such a large focus um, that it, it it didn't feel that there was any studio lighting. It didn't feel that there was artificial yes. lighting. It felt very much like there's candle lighting. There's, there was a couple torch scenes mm-hmm. um, and, and like, or like the light reflecting off of the water. Uh, it it felt 100% natural yeah
4: and that is that is
5: something i love um about all of the night scenes is that that not overly blue like terminator type light uh, that's yeah. you know coming through the yeah, the, we're, yeah we're not, not, not that pushing extra.
1: into the teal and orange color grading of everything we're trying to keep things looking natural
2: but it's also not so dark that it fits into the dc universe movies
1: (laughs) you can see things happening
3: on screen so
2: did anybody else have something to say about cinematography
3: Uh, i don't believe so no no i don't have anything else to add like that uh i thought it was well I, i guess i'll add that a lot of the shots a lot of the long shots and like panning shots of like the main characters felt this. is just going to be a vague turn. It felt adventurous. If that makes any any it fucking felt epic. sense, yeah, epic. Yeah. Yes, that's a much better word. It felt like yes. Here is an epic movie. Here is an adventurous movie. Here is just like yeah. We're we're on a like we're we're pirates. We're on a ship. We're we're going to fucking intercept these ghost pirates. Like hell yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I think uh, like what you're talking about is littered throughout this movie they do a lot of those establishing shots of multiple characters uh you know standing epically um every time i think of that outside of the pirates of the caribbean movies my mind immediately goes to that scene where you first see dinosaurs in daylight in the first jurassic park yes and they're, they're zoomed in on the jeep and then they pan they you know zoom out and pan and you just see everything, yeah. and it, it all feels epic. But that's like every single time you see multiple characters in this movie, that's kind of what it feels like.
3: Um, Definitely.
1: Before we moved on, move on from cinematography. I wanted to touch on the color grading.
5: Um, oh, I've got some about the color grading too. Um, but really quick, before you get to that, I just want to say one more thing about that moving epic shot thing. It is. It is my opinion. Is they used the the moving shots really really well to convey that epicness throughout the whole entire series. Um, but yeah. especially with this, you get that sense of epicness when you when you have that moving shot of going in on a ship um, or you know flying over um, you know those type of flyover shots and everything that you get um, mm-hmm. really give you a sense or like when they pull back and you see uh, later on in the series, you see these two ships and they're fighting and there's that, that smoke and everything really gives that sense of, of that epicness and, and stuff. So I think they really used the movement really well in this and not overuse stuff, you know, overuse that, that movement. Yeah. Um, But they, I think they used it really well to help, Drive that story and create this atmosphere of that feel is something that I've always loved about the about the pirate movies and and I've watched all these other movies, but I get that feeling when I watch uh, the pirate movies um, and some of uh, Steven Spielberg's work, um, which is another thing for another time. But um, with like the Jurassic Park and and that type of stuff, I really get that feeling. Um, that I don't normally get with even some of my favorite Marvel films. Um, and I think that has to do with not only the music, the acting, uh, the story, but also how they use the camera movement um, to, sh- to help show that epicness.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, moving on from just camera shots and things, the color grading in this movie, uh, I think they did something really brilliant Uh, that again is subtle Uh, when you're when you're following jack and it's jack centric story beats the color grading is bright and and you know showing this is the caribbean and and this is this tropical beautiful place when you're following barbosa all of a sudden the colors kind of feel a little muted you're kind of seeing the world through barbosa's eyes there's haze Everywhere, and so you go from having these bright, popping colors following Jack to having this muted thing with, with Barbosa, and then you go to, like, Will. If you're following Will, everything's still, you know, bright, because most likely he's near Jack, but when it's focused on Will, things are uh, still fully saturated, but they're darker colored. Yeah. And it just, I think the the feel of following each character through just the color used when viewing the world through their eyes is super well done here and and not something that i've noticed in a whole lot of other movies there's not a lot of times where i'm watching a movie and i'm like oh we're viewing the world through this character's eyes because the colors look like this
3: yeah um just like on a point that I, because I know it's it's gotten criticism time and time again. Like if we talk about like a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, yeah. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, most of their movies are very muted in colors. You don't, you you get a color palette obviously with like the characters and everything, but it's almost as if like they're they're afraid to go with that extra sharpness, if that makes sense. That extra change yeah, I, I like mean, it, it all has the same feel is what i'm going for whereas like what you're saying in here this this movie very much is like here's this scene and it may have most of the same characters but we know who whose point of view we're viewing it from
1: yeah which which kind of you know uh relates back to story and giving you like jack isn't always a reliable narrator right <laughs> no. so when no. when the color grading becomes bright and vibrant you kind of start questioning the things that you're seeing on screen because chances are they're not going to turn out exactly how you're yeah. thinking they are going to turn out. Um, Will is a very honest, reliable person, so when you're viewing the eyes, you know you, when the colors get dark, but they're still fully saturated. You can trust what you're seeing.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: And it's just it. Yeah, it was something that hit me last night. Um, I, since I've started editing recently I've, I've gotten really into the color grading and like why colors should be the way that they are and so watching this movie and seeing that little that little
2: slight changes. change
1: in scene to scene was just it was like cocaine for
3: me i was just on cloud nine. and that on top of the actual cocaine you were fucking doing <laughs> i only did three lines chris what What are you cutting back? Are you fucking? You have at (laughs) least six. Yeah, you son of a Um, bitch.
5: (laughs) I will say, I have the. For me, this is within this. uh, Within the pirate franchise, this to me, what this movie is to me is like what Hocus Pocus is to Chloe. I I feel perfect Um, and
2: flawless in every way.
5: yes, except except for one thing. and this is the oh, no. this is the one thing that bothers me about the the pirate franchise the big reveal which I, I noticed is when when they're in certain scenes, not every scene, certain scenes the the candlelight or the firelight light feels too yellow. It feels too much like the really? the electric um candles that you get. And that you can put on—it's—it's it's more yellow than it is. But that didn't you actual... didn't you know they
3: had those back then?
4: Yeah. Oh, I did not.
3: So not. weird. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you, can, you can see two guys in the background pedaling a power bike, powering all the power <laughs> on the boat. But <laughs> Just
4: got that Nikola Tesla.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the the only reason why I say that is because, um, I was. I went through a, a, a craze where I was like, "Ooh, look, I can have candles but no fire." So I was buying them for like, you know, all this stuff and I had a whole container of them because I would so use them in You
2: recognize that
4: hue?
5: Yeah. And and so I recognize that hue as being that artificial candlelight. When you see it compared next to a to an actual flame it is 100% unnatural and that was kind of the vibe. Of that lighting in some of these scenes not all of them but some of them like when Mm -hmm. they're in the cave and they've got torches that that looks great you know but like when they're in tortuga um, and then in some of the other stuff when they go into the tavern stuff just looks a little bit more yellow Um, and Mm -hmm. my guess is that it's the color grade because if you're shooting with real fire um, we can we can see in other places that That fire looks great, you know, but just in certain scenes. I don't.
1: I don't think in scenes like the taverns uh, that they were shooting with real fire. I think they they lit those scenes. Um, and
5: so
2: artificially.
5: Yeah. But. But. They do it in a way that you do not. That, like Chris said, you don't feel like it's studio lighting. No, they don't
1: at all. It it feels natural. It just feels like it's fire.
5: Yeah and, and like the and, re- and like the only reason
3: that like some like even you notice that is because you had that experience with that specific experience that that somewhat trained your eye to see that and like so 80 80% or more of the people who watch the movie won't catch that sort of thing
5: Yeah um and a- another thing is is with with some of these scenes it feels natural but it feels kind of Uh, otherworldly for me so maybe maybe they did that to get a certain mood to come across that could very well be because like a lot of the
3: obviously a lot of the editing choices that they chose was to make that make it so like you're on an adventure but like there's mysterious shit like ghosts and pirates curses and stuff like that out there
4: yeah yeah i mean like
1: a, a lot of the a lot of the color choice a lot of the the lighting choice um kind of ties into i i told chloe as we were starting the fifth movie uh this is disney's horror movies this is the closest disney had to like true horror movies yeah um and that's that's what the pirates movies are they don't feel like horror movies but when you look at them they've got the same color grade and and color choice and palette as a lot of horror movies
3: listen the uh, haunted mansion with eddie murphy that was a fucking scary movie yeah. <laughs>
2: You know what? I agree, actually. Yeah,
3: I I know are that we... that, is, that scares me every time I think about it. To be Are we gonna matters.
5: Are we gonna review that one
1: day? Yeah, next Mansion, year, maybe next October. Yeah, next year we'll do okay. that. That'll
3: be our scary fucking movie. That'll be the our scary...
1: Halloween, our Halloween yeah. episode.
3: I don't know if I can make it through that one, guys. I'm too fucking scared.
0: So, we've <sighs> talked about yeah. things we can see, but what about Writing. things we can hear? The music, oh, I got this score is so. I mean, like, good. Pa-
3: yeah, the Pirates That's of the Caribbean like score like... obviously knocked it out of the park. Not only to be franchise defining, but like when people think of pirate music, like there's obviously like yeah. old time like sea shanties and stuff like that, but this is almost like top first three that well, people and... would always think of.
1: So when I, when when people say pirates immediately i start getting that bump 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 but then the very next thought that i have is uh, we're devils and blockers and uh, really bad eggs drink up me hearties. yo yeah 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 and, it, and, it, it
3: it has that like and like she's singing she's singing that uh, like the song at the very beginning when she's a kid too yeah, yeah. like it it, it it very much all of the score of this whole, like, fits with the action of the movie. Like, you hear yeah. you hear the underscore happening, and it's just like, you feel like, okay, here's something building up. Or, like, if it's, like, kind of a longer scene that there isn't a whole lot of action. Like, if you're listening to that scene between Elizabeth and Barbosa when they're in his cabin and everything, it's just mm-hmm. eerie and just very, very low and very, very subtle. And then it, like, as... He starts getting like more and more revealing about like their what the fuck's going on. You hear it climb more and more yeah. until it reaches the peak of the music, and it's like don 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 like and with the whole the crew doing their work and being yeah, she and she runs and, yeah. out
1: and there's all the skeletons happening and the music's like in its groove and in its yeah. beat at that
0: point. It and is the, yeah. The timing is absolutely perfect. I wanted to mention how beautiful like and how much planning it takes to match the sword clangs to the beat of the music Ooh, oh yeah. yeah
2: it was yes yeah. it really <sighs> helps you get into the feel of not only yeah. the action but the music having those two connected in that way and it, it i think it's great yeah. i think it's like
3: awesome. there, there, there are certain movie scores that i will always like it it, it always gets me like pumped to have the musical scores that you know like when that stuff fucking just starts popping off you know that there's actual shit happening in the in the in the movie like the the only thing that's popping to my head right now is like if you hear the avengers theme like you know there's like you hear that like if you're in the other room, you know something epic is yeah. happening on screen. Like you know, I like it's either doing a panning shot of like them in the middle of New York, or like with in Pirates, like dun 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 Like they're I, they're like most of it's like when they're doing like sword dueling and everything like that, and like it's true... either sword
1: duels or like majestic shots of or when of the or main when j-
3: like when Jack is trying to escape.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. which happens way way
3: yeah he's always fucking escaping (laughs) um
1: no the 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 sound design and the score to this movie are just absolutely brilliant and i was uh i was talking with chloe earlier and i i was like hans zimmer the guy who composed the score for this
5: 2000
1: to like 2015 for Hans Zimmer, was like 1974 to 1993 or 4 for John Williams. Yeah. Just everything he did...
2: Was gold.
1: ...was beautiful. You, you've yeah. got the Pirates movies that have those those just hitting s- scores and soundtracks that are just brilliant after brilliant after brilliant. And then you've got, you know, the, the more subtle... Uh, a lot of people are still going to tie it intrinsically to Robert Downey Jr., but the 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 Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, you know, when you hear that, you see Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock. You don't see Benedict Cumberbatch or David yeah. Um and then like even going into the Batman movies. You know, like oh, Batman Begins oh, and Dark Knight. Yeah. He, yeah, he just yeah. had really good, consistent scores and soundtracks and he was doing things that completely tied in and and helped form an entire generation's view on what scores
0: should sound like
5: there yeah honestly
0: when you said batman music i didn't think of that i thought of no 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 no
3: honestly a banger in itself okay to be perfectly honest
2: jonah did you have a comment
5: oh i was just gonna say how much that that music um, helps complement the story, but how much yeah. it is just by itself. If you just yeah. listen to that music, um, especially um the Jack Sparrow's theme, I guess, is whenever he's doing something, then it's the da 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 da, you know.
3: Yeah, he's There's a pirate. That.
5: Yeah, um, but then, but then, even like some of the other stuff, like uh. Um davy Jones, his theme the that he has on his oh room, yeah, his box that yeah. is yeah an extremely beautiful theme that they that they have. Yeah. and listening yeah. to that like when on my way up to Salt Lake um from St George, I just listened to that music and if you if you just listen and 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 focus on like the strings and and the the trumpets and and all that type of stuff, you can. You, you get that feel without even seeing the pictures you and, and visualize the whole stuff.
2: movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
5: You, I can, yeah. I can hear a song and I can put the scene with that. And, 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 and it's just what Hans Zimmer did was amazing with that whole entire score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and it's one of my favorite elevate,
3: it like. elevated the movie. Like, it really yeah, it does. Yeah. And
1: not just the movie, but pirates period. Like, Uh, Last week we talked about how Treasure Island super influenced Pirates of the Caribbean, but the last time I read Treasure Island, I listened to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack (laughs) while I was reading.
3: That makes it it makes sense because like the music sounds even if you have no context, like it's pirate music. You feel the music and it's like yeah, it feels it's a first and foremost adventure music, obviously, and then it's just like what
1: you would hear. Searching yeah. for treasure or being on the high sea. Like it's just Yeah,
3: definitely.
0: Yeah. But, oh, it was it, it's so good. good. It's good. Um Um with the with like the music and uh, it made me think of um Jack like swinging, uh and I wanted to talk about sets but more specifically the moving set pieces. I yeah. I thought those that were t- very t- well done. Yeah
3: it ties back into what we were saying about how, like, Jack Sparrow was, uh, he, he was always planning and trying to figure out his way of escaping out of a shitty situation, which he was always in a shitty situation. (laughs) That's why he's
2: so good at getting out of them.
3: Yeah, because he, like, he, he stumbles upon them, um, and so, like, it's, like, the usage of, like, within the first couple of scenes him using that uh, that cannon that was being lowered onto a ship to get away and then the cannon breaking the dock so that caused hell him being flung over and that causing hell and like him him doing all that just that small compact like 10 square yards of area so much happened right there that was critical for the set to be fairly on point
2: oh yeah I would have to reset it just to film it all again.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine having to reset that cannon like four (laughs) or five times?
3: Yeah, because like – Oh my god. Even if they made it so that those – Yeah, even if it was like maybe it was a half-weight cannon and those boards were meant to break more, still having to reset that shit like multiple times would be – such a pain and then and then and then it's it's non-stop after that like he goes into the blacksmith everything was interactable in that blacksmith uh, like blacksmith's home and then there was the donkey with the with the wheel everything (laughs) was crit like critical with the set everything seemed to be like thought of and quite possibly like part of me likes to think in situations like if they did reshoots of that scene where he's like rummaging, trying to find a tool to break himself out. Like what if they did multiple takes and like Johnny Depp just did different things every single time. Probably. I'm, did. Uh, like, I'm sure think... that's what happened. I mean, I mean, I part think... of me like yeah. looking into that scene, I feel like that almost certainly happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, man, they made it. So all this stuff was interactable. Everything that was metal was, suppo- it, like, that was supposed to be metal was metal. And, it it made it it made it feel like obviously this is a world where things are going on besides um, Jack Sparrow yeah. and and the gang.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some movies where like actually we could we could talk about a, a Marvel movie here, and quite honestly, my favorite Marvel movie, Winter Soldier. Yeah. When you're when you're watching. You can see people moving, but set pieces aren't often moving unless the heroes are directly interacting with them. In yeah, Winter Soldier. In the Pirates, we'll talk about just Black Pearl, but really, it, it goes for the whole franchise. Set pieces are constantly moving, regardless of whether characters are interacting with yeah, them
3: or not. Because that may, gives a sense of realism to it. Yeah, it gives a sense that, that like happens in the real world. Yeah, because like the world doesn't revolve around any single being. It's like it. You have it to. take Well, it re- It revolves around. Uh, 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 I couldn't make a joke. I'm sorry, guys. I just couldn't think. Of <laughs> <it>. My improv <laughs> okay, died finish there. Finish your thought. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't go around any single being. It definitely makes us. It, it's just like, okay. Wow, this just just so happens that they're running through here, and so and so is there, or that happened to be there. It felt like the world was alive, and I love mm-hmm. feeling that the world like it's like this movie is supposed to have like obviously it has the mystical aspects of it and, and the magical aspects, but it is supposed to be have a good chunk of it grounded within realism. Well, and
1: there's characters that keep questioning everything that's happening.
3: Yeah, like, even to the like be real. Like she's yelling at them, it's like "Oh, they're cursed!" and he's just like, "Ah, oh, yes, we were told." Ha <laughs> ha ha. Closes it, and like ten minutes later, they're getting fucked by zombies pirates. Yeah. It's
1: like. Yeah. I mean, that's because Beckett is an idiot, but
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or uh, Bennett, Bennett is the one that puts her in the room. Beckett's yeah. in the second movie. Um. But yeah, no, I, I just this. The way that the sets moved, the way that the sets interacted—not just with uh, the actors, but with each like each set piece—it uh, it did feel real. It felt grounded. Again, you can see that Disney money hard at work. Huh. Just everything is like super researched and and built to hell. Well,
5: here's here's something that I found out um, recently that was actually really interesting, um, and this completely goes to something that I don't know if we covered or not. It kind of goes under the character thing. The fact that Jack Sparrow runs around and says savvy all the time, um, that is actually a historical thing that people said in that context that he uses it, uh, which was really cool because, you know, I I knew that, okay, yeah, they they wrote him this thing that's his tagline or whatever. um, And... More people should have should have been using that in that context back in the day. Um, yeah. but it was Lang- language language in this film
3: was pretty was pretty on point. And also, yeah. like also, just as a side note, like a lot of ta- like his savvy line was used comedically, but it was used comedically because to us as modern day viewers, it's out of place and doesn't seem like it seems like he's just saying a word to say the word.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. because like really him just saying savvy is just shorthand for are you savvy to what i'm telling you yeah um right but you like understand no i i don't think it even feels out of place that other people weren't using it regularly because it is very strong slang and a lot of the other characters that you come in contact are with are formal yeah are formal people right you've got like norrington who is a commodore he is you know in the military and high up he's not going to be using he's in the british navy and high up he's not going to be using a whole lot of slang it's uh, like a general got... saying
0: that's kind of sus <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've got the governor who's a governor he's he's an older man he's probably not going to be using a whole lot of slang elizabeth grew up in you wealthy family. Early days um <laughs> jesus okay uh and then and then like Will, who is trying to be part of that society, and Barbosa, who thinks that he is part of that society. So you've got a whole lot of people who are looking down on the fact that there's a whole lot of slang being thrown around by Jack. Like, everybody looks at Jack like he's an idiot.
2: Because he is.
1: And a lot of times he is. But really, he's just honestly being natural with his language he's not trying to put on airs at any point
3: yeah definitely yeah and again it just makes it feel like more real more relatable like that's always that's always a good thing unless unless the purpose of your film is to make it feel like wow this this feels odd this feels weird and then that's when not being real or relatable is okay Yeah,
0: getting into like vivarium territory yeah 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 Um, speaking of, like, the differences between characters, I thought, like, hair, makeup, and costumes, um, really did, really did well in, um, showing the differences between each character.
3: Yeah, we touched upon some costumes earlier, but, like, it definitely, uh, like, each one you could definitely see. I thought it was really interesting to see, um... Like, Elizabeth had a whole... A good amount of costumes throughout the entire show. And all of them were very much like... Like, these huge fucking dresses that were unwieldy. Um, Like, the corset thing... Kind of a joke, but it's like kind of not of a joke at the same time. I love
2: the fact that at the beginning they show what a woman would go through to get into a dress. Not just yeah, and, the dress uh, itself, but everything underneath. I love um, that they showed that because people don't really think about. All of the layers, and that the corset is completely separate from the dress itself.
4: Yeah,
3: definitely. That was that was an interesting thing, and like it also tied in with like when when she falls off and is has to be rescued by Jack, and like Jack can't fucking pull her up because she has all these watered down logs of layers. Yeah. So he has to literally. Uh, take rip her dress off to come up and then it's like oh shit and then also I kn- has to cut the i know what the problem i know what the problem is <laughs> like uh, i've been to a few whorehouses in my day
5: <laughs> like... that guy was probably a virgin that was just like what <laughs> that that one know. guard <laughs> which is funny to watch those two because they make that entrance but they make appearances in every single pirates film. And... Yeah, those those two, and then the two pirates who are
3: like I think they're for all yeah. intents and purposes like the same character types. But yeah. like th- those th- those four characters are in like are in every single movie.
1: Yeah, uh, they are not not all four of them are in On Stranger Tides or
0: Dead
3: Men Tell No Tales. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well,
4: anyway, oh, I have yeah, my opinion about
3: those movies.
0: <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to mention that she had an interview, um, I can't remember the interview, but basically, uh, she said that her boobs were too small and they tried to, (laughs) they tried to do things that, uh, made her boobs look bigger. Like they stuffed her, they, they contoured it, um, and, and also Jack did a flat boob joke to her.
3: Yeah. He's like, unless you're, unless you're hiding a, uh, a a sailboat in that bodice which i like which i which is very i i I, because i knew that thing about like because uh uh with with her and the interview and talking about how they tried everything through costume and even with makeup to make it so look like she had a chest to where like she could hide like the medallion and stuff like that in Mm -hmm. um I had completely forgot the line where he just did that and to be it's so funny. It's always funny to me to find lines and stuff like that cuz this is like a this is like a PG movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, but lines they, like that they I'm show like so a lot
2: <sighs> of, a lot of almost full boob
5: for it being I think this is PG-13. I is
1: it the Pirates it? movies were well, all PG. 13 okay. She's
5: had uh Kieran Knightley has had um digital breast enhancement in some of her other films. Yeah,
3: which which is Unfortunate, in the sense that they, the the studios felt that they had to do that, that they couldn't show that there's a bunch of different female body types. That's a whole other thing. We'll, tune tune in soon. We'll talk about sexism in the industry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: but I I thought it was interesting where throughout this thing, Jack is very particular about his costume about his clothing is like when he He is, has to have yeah.
3: his gun, he has to have yeah. his sword and so, and like, and, yeah. and, and you see yeah, I, well, like in this is it the second movie where like he's very like he's trying he to find a fucking he loses hat and he's he trying trying to his hat. Find
5: a replacement the whole and he's movie. taking hats
3: off like dead bodies or just people fighting and he's yeah. just upset yeah. and
5: the yeah. entire he's, like, time switching hats and all that stuff but the 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 funny thing is is that is is there's always this line like it happens throughout several things, but he throughout several of the films. But he's like, "Oh no, I have to have my effects. You have to give me those. You know, um, you have to give yeah. me that pistol, that sword." i not
2: going anywhere without my things.
5: Right, yeah, he's got a pistol with one shot. And yeah, and he won't. And, and he won't yeah. add a
3: shot to it, or well, like obviously, <laughs> it's revealed later in the film that he is saving that shot to fucking yeah. kill Barbosa. And yeah. when he actually does it, like it makes it so like. Good. He, managed, he He kept that shot, he kept it going, and he was able to keep that thing going.
1: Also, he would have yeah. kept that for at least 10 years.
3: Uh, shooting listen, against. revenge is a fucking motivator, let me yes. tell you what.
5: <laughs> One thing that I think is, is really cool is that all of that stuff was given to him to when uh, in number 5 when he goes and he does the thing to um uh what's yeah. his name? Yeah, Salazar. You know, captain yeah, Captain Salazar. When he does that thing, they literally make him their captain. And so here we see Jack trying to he's I'm I'm a captain. It's Captain Jack Sparrow. All of those mm-hmm. things was a symbol, was tribute that you're our captain here taking yeah take in, his, in his in so, a eyes,
3: needs a captain needs that a a captain needs that yeah, sword, so, a captain needs so, to a captain needs to a
5: certain so way. a certain way. of a little bit a captain, it was a of a he's keeping of that stuff because of that that's what makes him captain, is having a that, that gun and that sword and that hat, um, that was a symbol to him, a is why he a is particular about what is you know, what he has. Uh, Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And like all the costumes, every single one of them, they fit the period really well. Same with the set. Yeah. Uh, period was very strong. Um, in this film. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about the accents. Uh, I thought the accents were brilliant. Like, and especially like Jack Sparrows.
3: You got, yeah, you got like a whole, uh, like a spectrum Uh,
0: you got like almost every single British accent aside from Irish and Scottish like you got you got freaking high class received pronunciation all the way down to the slums low cockney uh grimy shit you know it was was really (laughs) cool
3: accents were the accents were on point and it very much goes with characterization that you can tell how these people were raised what's so, what realm of society they are currently in too because like that combined with language because like there's that whole bit where um she, she starts talking and uses a bunch of larger words and then Barbosa's like listen we're just sim- we just be simple pirates like yeah. and, a, and then he and starts using off punk- the big words yeah he's just like and he's like that means no <laughs> and I'm like oh shit that's like so funny because because like he had I think Barbosa had exactly what you would... <laughs> yeah yeah I think Barbosa had what you would consider a traditional quote- unquote Pirate, like pirate voice, if that makes sense. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. When 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 you think of pirates, when when somebody you go with like the you, R a pirate voice. It's Arr, I'm a pirate. I have a I am yeah, a pirate so and and he, and, a, and a best friend yeah, named First
3: Mate. Yeah, he uh, he wasn't 100 percent that, but he was in that realm, and obviously that was a choice that was made, and it worked very well. Yeah. Um. But th- when you hear somebody like that, you automatically assume. So, this fucking guy he's read one book in his life and it was a cookbook like fucking yeah. like it's like <laughs> and like he knows how to read a rum bottle he doesn't know these big words or something like that and he comes up and it does that that whole like 30 seconds of dialogue is it yeah. uh, works very well because of the accents in that and so yeah <clears throat>
0: um and there's so many just amazing jokes like not even through dialogue, just through, like, actions and stuff throughout. It mm-hmm. was... It...
3: Yeah, the whole them looking and seeing, like, what the fuck is Jack looking at? Like, like no word about it, just quick moments.
0: It was a very good comedic slash dramatic piece. I think the last thing to talk about is directing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: um, with With the directing, the point that you were making earlier, Josh, about about the hands yeah um obviously like that almost that definitely was like a director choice oh like for sure Uh... to to, to do any obviously any close-up has to be a director's choice but like the fact where it has to do something subtle yet not so subtle because obviously we're getting a close-up so the subtlety of to us is apparent is apparent while to the rest of the characters isn't yeah um but like you, you look at that sort of stuff, and it's like, yeah, the director went down and saw, yeah, Jack, uh, Jack has the street smarts, like amazing street smarts, and like he's trying to, he's looking for a way out. Do this, do this, move that, do that, like, or, yeah. and things like that. And then like also the directing to give like to to do certain to do certain things in there to like that's. Like I, I, always think it's good when you can see a director that allows there to be silly things in a in, in a movie, but it's not so silly that you're like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't right.
4: Yeah,
1: well, and like that 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 forethought going into things like the close-ups on the hands. Uh, this is Gore Verbinski who who did the first three pirate movies. Um, he also did The Ring and uh, Rango. Mm. Uh, just oh, just to kind of show like the crazy and the lone ranger uh just to show kind of like the crazy range that this this guy works within. um and mostly those, johnny depp movies, johnny okay. <laughs> johnny depp movies uh, Really, it closely.
3: seems that it seems that directors really fucking love working with johnny depp yeah
1: i think it's like, because he's like just a, a fun person like every time i see behind the scenes stuff of him he just seems to like really love doing what he's doing and just having a good time doing yeah it. yeah uh so we were talking about uh Gore verbinski and um you know he's done he's done the ring and and rango and the lone ranger and a cure for wellness and the three pirates movies um and in in all of his movies that i've seen because i haven't seen like a cure for wellness um he likes doing those more subtle shots like when you're watching the ring you're constantly focusing on everything on the screen to try and see what the next scare is going to be. And it's not like they're going to be jump scares. It's what's the next weird thing that's going to make me think, oh shit, creepy stuff's going on. Um, And so to bring that feel into a pirate movie and, and have this focusing so that things are moving forward in a way that keeps the audience completely engaged. And I think he probably had a lot to do with how the story... Um, how the information was divvied up as well um, because it just, it fits with his, his style. If he himself wasn't in there with the screenwriters helping uh, decide things, I'm sure he had a lot of say on who the screenwriters should be.
5: And let's just, I appreciate that he allowed Johnny Depp to improvise and do that stuff. Cause that you probably know this, but that, ending thing that bring me the horizon was not in the script and that was 100% a lot improv of stuff that Depp. Um, Johnny and Depp
2: does is improv yeah a yeah lot in there.
5: Is, yeah and I, I think
1: it comes from you know he he had seen what Johnny Depp could do because Johnny Depp had done quite a few things at this point um and and he knew he could get if he let Johnny Depp do his thing, he could get a really good performance out of it. Um, Yeah. I I think this was a fairly well-directed movie. I think that a lot of those directing choices really made this movie just like, you know, uh, last week we jokingly talked about S-Rank, but yeah, this would be S-Rank movie for me just based on some of the directing choices. Yeah. All right, so
0: should we get to grading? I think we should get to grading. What are you thinking, Zach? I, yeah, it had, like, this movie was a solid, was a solid, solid pirate movie. And watching it, I was like, yeah, this is like a pirate movie. Like, with the skeletons, with, with, you know, I, it, it really fit the genre. And there were only a few, like, minor, minor, minor issues I had with it. Um, but... Uh, that wasn't enough to to lower the grade so i i give it an a
1: an a all right
0: chris how about
1: you
3: yeah i give this a solid a this is definitely like this this um this fits under multiple categories for me and i like it when when it it does the check mark it does, it has fantasy elements into it adventure elements into it some action sequence um it has i guess if you want to really consider it, like it technically is a love story in, in a sense yeah. but like so it check marks that box so much somewhat and it just does it all fairly well extremely well if we're talking technology-wise for the time and 90 95 of it ho- will hold up for ever, yeah. probably
1: yeah uh jonah what's your grade
5: um well like i said this is this is pretty much for me, one of the movies that I feel is almost perfect. Um, it, you know, I didn't, I, when I walked away from this movie, I was left satisfied. It, it was one of those things where it's like, man, I, 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 it wasn't, I want more, and like, you know, they they haven't answered all the questions. It was like, I want more because I want to see more of this. This was so awesome. Um, and, but as a standalone film, I, I ha- enjoy this so much. This is my favorite uh Pirates movie. Um this is probably uh one of my favorite Disney films. Uh up there in one of my favorite of the Disney films. Not like my top favorite, but it's up there. Um at least in the top five. So for me this gets an A plus if if that's one of the ratings I don't know. Yeah that's possible. Okay. Um so yeah, this is the, for me this gets like the highest rating that I can give it because of how much i enjoyed it and and stuff rewatching it as you know not yeah. in, as as being a critic about it but also just watching it to enjoy it and and to and to you know rewatch something i haven't seen in years yeah. was i just really really enjoyed it uh, much more than i remember enjoying it the first time yeah yeah um chloe
2: Um, I, I have very personal feelings about this movie because it was one of my favorites growing up, but also looking at it and, you know, I don't normally watch movies with the intent of critiquing them. Um, but you know, I did when we watched it yesterday. I was like, okay, we're going to be reviewing this. I need to like be sharp and pay attention. And there's not a lot to complain about. There's not very many things that I was like, oh, it's lacking on that, or oh, I didn't like that, because, I mean, it's held up thus far, um, and I think everything about it is just really well done, so I also give it an A+.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, uh, getting into migrating, when I, when I watch a movie, and I'm... I'm critiquing the movie regardless of whether i've seen it or not it always starts at like the absolute highest grade i could possibly give it and then as i'm watching the movie if i think of anything that would bring that grade down that grade progressively comes down right so like i'm watching pirates of the caribbean and it's it's at that a plus s rank area and it's it's ready to go and just be you know one of the best movies that i've ever seen and by the end of the movie uh, there wasn't anything that brought it down, so I'd also be giving it an A plus. So we're averaging
3: at an A plus. <laughs> for the first A-plus time. Movie. First A
0: plus movie,
3: baby. Highest ranking movie. Wait until what what movie were we talking about earlier? Uh yeah. Wait until we talk about last airbender. That would be S rank. Oh god. Oh god. S, S for rank shitty, folks. right? S for. <laughs>
5: something so yes for something
3: (laughs) so thank you everyone thank you for joining us um also uh, we
0: just released haunting of benson manor and look out for change and nightmare 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 coming out in november
5: keep an eye out for them i'm in i'm in nightmare so you know if you want to see this pretty face keep an eye out for that yeah keep an eye out nightmare
3: on youtube uh and uh, uh, the tweet the you know, it Instagrams. Um, we have three LinkedIn accounts, you know. Um. Every time what? we do one of these, Chris makes a I've new got LinkedIn. i like <laughs> You gotta, guys, you gotta fucking build a network. You gotta build a network. <laughs> all right. Um, um, yeah, go uh, subscribe Horseman. on
1: YouTube for Fourteen Horseman. Go follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff. Uh, We hope you guys have enjoyed this, and uh, we're out. Bye,
3: everybody! (laughs) Disney, don't sue us!